the blast from our past network. Hi, this is Diane Franklin. I am the actress from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, Better Off Dead, and Last American Virgin. And you are listening to Podcasting After Dark. Supernatural, Halloween, exploitation, slashers, and everything in between. Welcome to the Podcasting After Dark Watch List, the show where a guest chooses a topic and the hosts, along with the guest, discuss their top five favorites. Light a candle, hide your Ouija board, and enjoy the Podcasting After Dark Watch List. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode of Podcasting After Dark Watch List. This week, this month, we have a special guest with us, David Irons. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Hey, I'm back again, guys. I'm back again. Thank you for having me, as always. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you. It's almost as if we just finished recording Wrap Up After Dark five minutes ago. (laughs) It's absolutely bizarre, isn't it? I'm like, why the hell are they introducing me? Oh, yeah, I forgot. This is something new. (laughs) Something different. (laughs) So, but of course, uh, have with us, as always, is Zach, the total snackage shaper. What's up, buddy? (laughs) And I will say, this may be a slightly because watch lists are not normally like a four hour show. However, the three of us will be recording for a total of almost four hours by the end of this. So it is like a proper (laughs) bad episode. It is. It absolutely is. is. And this episode, uh, we are breaking down or we're talking about our top five horror movies that traumatized us as kids. Now, Zach and Dustin uh, already did a watch list that, that, you know, talked about movies that traumatized them as a kid. It's a great episode. It was way back in season one. Definitely go listen to that one because there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. Uh, and, and Zach and Dustin have a blast. But to make it a bit different, so Zach could have a, a bit of a different uh, list, uh, we decided to hone in and just make it horror movies. Because yeah. Zach, you had a bunch of different kind of films that traumatized you. Yeah, this was like traumatic moments from television or movies in general so there were like tv movies dramas etc etc um and and just for full transparency if i listed horror films in that one which i did i'm omitting them from this list so it's like this is my top five with the few that i took out from the other one that you should definitely listen to as well it's a nice bookend if you will yeah Uh, so these this is so mine might be like if, if I had two or three horror films on there, then this might be like three through eight for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and and since I wasn't on that one, uh, it was kind of free reign for me, but I I was going to omit, I have, actually have two of them that we've already reviewed on Podcast After Dark, so I've already discussed it. And I was like, should I omit them? I was like, no, but they, they were traumatic for me. Yeah. But what I did was I made them number five and four so we could kind of get them out of the way sort of quickly. And then my new ones that I've never really discussed on the show will be three, two, and one. Uh, so, and then David, these are obviously, these are also movies, uh, horror movies that have traumatized you growing up as well. Yes, definitely. Yes. And I think... Um, yes there's there's some odd context to some of the things i've picked in that and there's an arc it starts kind of dopey and then it goes oh very dark it okay. Does. okay but i think that's the important thing about this this like it's the environment and the context when you watch some of these films and how it's actually you know why why is this thing scary i mean like you could name 
it's kind of like when you recommend a horror or a comedy, it's so subjective, and you could say to someone, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. And they take it away and go, nah, this wasn't scary. This is, this is nothing. But for you, for watching this in the right environment and the right context at that point in your time, there was things could be going on around you that made it scary. Um, like over here, we have the video nasties thing. And so on that list, you had Texas Chainsaw, The Exorcist, Last House on the Left. And in our minds, oh my God, they're the ones that they're the most terrifying things uh, you, you're ever going to see. And so for us over here, we've got that context of thinking those films are the scariest films. But I think it's, you know, they, they, it could be any kind of uh, environment where you watch something at the right time and it, and it scares you in some way. Um, I think it's, you know, it's all independent to the person, what, you know, what fear is um, and, and how we feel, feel it when we're watching something on screen. And I think it's going to be very interesting where we, we're coming at with this. And like I say, my, my first pick has got a story to it and it's the dopiest. I think I've, I've picked the dopiest thing for number five. But there's a story to it. I'm, try I'm trying to give this some context. So when, when I say the name of this movie, people are going to go, what the fuck? And I, believe me, you'll understand. You'll yeah. understand. Well, I mean, yeah. for, for each one of my five, like I have a specific moment in the movie that is what traumatized me. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, it's, and it's, it's, you know, the movie as a whole, but it's more so the specific moments. And I'll be calling those out. Um, mm. But real quick, before we jump into it, did you tap into these traumas when you were writing Seven Winters Alone, the new novel that we are publishing uh, from you? I did indeed. My new novel, Seven Winters Alone, published by the wonderful people at Podcasting After Dark, which will be available by the time you're listening to this podcast, um, is very much a story about a girl. It's Poltergeist meets Mad Max, a dystopian haunted house film, where a girl ends up finding something in a dystopian wasteland that brings her worst fears to life. And she has to fight these fears and overcome them to survive. So I definitely tapped into things that that element of fear, what is fear individually to you as a person and, uh, and, and how do you survive it? So, yes, these 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 films definitely had an influence on Seven Winters, Seven Winters Alone, available from Podcasting After Dark, out now on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> that is much better than the one that I botched on on TV Obscura or whatever it was. That, <laughs> yeah. that plug. I was like, I botched it, David. I blew it. <laughs> I, 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 it wasn't as bad as the botch as the um, Fabio Frizzi situation. <laughs> oh, come on now. I, I was like, you guys, when I was listening to that, yeah, you said, and even you, Corey, said, oh, David's screaming right now. <laughs> yeah, I, no. I, I, I was sitting there just looking around like, what the hell is What's going about? on? I, I wear that like a badge of honor, too, because I'm like, look, we don't look shit up online when we're when we're recording. We go into a pretty raw dog, and uh, and I was like, midway through, I'm like, no, that doesn't seem right to me. That doesn't seem right. Like I knew in the back of my mind something was up, and so I'm like, mm. I gotta fix this. I've got, and then obviously we did. You know, we made the yeah. thanks for Corey to making the disclaimer because I'm like, no, that's not right. Of I course, know. it was Fabio Frizzi. So Fabio Frizzi. Um, I, I am gonna piggyback on what you guys were saying too, as as far as the context for these movies. Um, yeah, the, what, what created trauma was maybe the environment of what was going on in my life at that mm. time, uh, which added to the fear factor for these films and they are horror specific. It's not going to be like, I know my first name is Steven spoiler alert. That's on Dustin's top five traumatics. Um, and it's really <laughs> yeah. good, but, yeah. uh, but also too, um, we also wanted to make a link to seven winters alone because that is a haunted house dystopian nightmare this is 
we may all have some sort of common thread through our top five at least once in the top five it could turn up more than once depending on what the movie is uh mine actually have a couple factors of a home uh in in specific but we'll we'll find out what those are very soon i'm excited yeah me too i'm i'm very excited i'm very excited indeed yeah, and, and since we uh, Zach does have a heart out and about 90 minutes, uh, and I think we can all talk pretty pretty extensively <laughs> about things, uh, we're going to dive right into it. And, and by the way, that's a that's a, a production term, heart out. Or if, or if you ever hear us say like taillights or something like that. That's not just sleazy like C-talk. That's not a sleazy C-talk. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, there's yeah. two things. It's like heart out means like this is the time you have to leave by, you know, when you're especially when you're, you're shooting on location or something like that. But then even worse than heart out is like, what time is taillights? What time do we absolutely have to fucking be like driving out of the of the parking lot? You know, so yeah, we have a hard out. Zach has a hard out of He's 90 not minutes. talking about my butt. <laughs> uh, my butt Dave, is hard. My butt is hard. Uh, guys and gals. And as usual, we're going to try to uh, if we have a, a overlap of a film, we'll try to discuss it when it gets to the higher person. So if David has like uh, his number five is my number two, we'll discuss. No, it. no, 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 no. That's never going to happen. OK, no. all right. <laughs> fuck it, fuck it. We'll just talk about so. it when it comes. But my number right. five, trust me, you guys are going to disown me. Podcast ends after my five. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, the fact that you didn't disown me after saying that I love Rob Zombie's Halloween, too. I think we all can but allow each other's. Yeah, Corey, guys and gals real quick if you have not listened to our uh, special halloween episode of wrap up after dark that i released or we released uh this the day prior to this on the free feed go listen to that because we talk extensively about david's uh influences and backstory with uh, the novel and everything like that so please go check that one out and we also uh spoilery review halloween kills as well so good times so you're welcome <laughs> good times <laughs> according to a couple of us and maybe not according to another but you have to listen to find out who uh david what is oh. your number five horror movie that traumatized you as a kid okay i'm going to tell you the title of this and then we're going to talk about the context of this because this is i even i i can admit this is completely ridiculous from claudio fragasso of my favorite place italy Number five is Troll Two. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're fired. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and I'll tell you, like we're doing, there's context to these things. And uh, back in the day, I think it was released eighty nine, ninety was. I think it was eighty nine. Troll Two when it came out on VHS. And th- how I saw this was, I had a friend, and in his back garden, he had uh, it would like a, a camper van. What do you, what do you guys call it? Like a uh, is it a camper van? Yeah, like just, a trailer yeah, like, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a camper. Yeah, we just call it a camper. Yeah. Yeah, a camper. Yeah. yeah. And so everyone just used to go to this, this thing and hang out and everything else. And at the time, I had a motorbike that I was riding. So I was probably six. I was, I was 16. Okay, I was 16. I was 16 and I went in this camper van and it, he, had a, he had his kid sister in there and everything else. And I sat down and uh, it was, oh, yeah, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And they were watching something on VHS. And I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. And out of context, when you don't know what this thing is, and we've all heard about the good, bad movie and everything else that goes along with Troll 2, I'm just sitting there and these kids are watching this film and it plays like a kid's film because it's overacted, you know, there's animated characters. I'm sitting there watching this thing like, okay, they're watching a kid's film. 
And as this film goes on, we're to, we're to, I'm talking to my friend, and there was two TVs. We was playing a Mega Drive. We was playing a Genesis. We was playing Streets of Rage on a Genesis. This thing's playing in the corner. I'm looking over at this thing, and there's the stupid fucking troll masks, which are obviously masks. They don't move. They're just like... And then the, the killing starts. And, that, the, and the tone and how that thing changed completely threw me out. I wasn't expecting it. I thought I was watching a kid's film. And then people start getting punctured with trolls' spears. And then the guy melts and turns into a plant. And, and I was like, what, what is this you're watching? Oh, it's just something that, you know, my little sister wanted to watch. And, and I just felt the world just fucking melted around me and was just reforming to something I didn't understand. And, it, and, and for that, that taking things out of context in that way, I, I, it just, it just, it flipped me out. And I was like, I yeah. don't, is this a horror film? What is it? And it was like, oh, it's called Troll 2. And I was like, oh, okay. And I had that point, it's in Troll 1. And so I watched this thing and, I, and it made me really uncomfortable. That tonal shift made me extremely uncomfortable. And when I left his house, and I said this on when we were talking on wrap up. I lived in the middle of nowhere, and I used to walk everywhere. At one point, then I got the motorbike, and so I used to ride out in the middle of nowhere on the motorbike. And my dickhead friends at the time used to think it was really funny to cut the HT lead on the motorbike that connected to the spark plug. So they'd cut it, then rewire it together. So eventually, as you're riding along, it'd just come apart, and the bike would just die. Oh. So I, yeah, that, that, that was the gag. That was the, the ongoing gag. Like, oh, let's do it again. And eventually, this lead was getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So you just couldn't plug that. And then, then you'd you'd get like a tin foil and wrap it around it just Jesus. to make it longer. Just just being assholes. And so I went riding home, and I lived out in the middle of nowhere in the sticks, and used to ride through cornfields and stuff to get back home. And it was it started raining and it was windy. And it's after I've watched Troll Two, and Troll Two freaked me out because there's a tonal shot. I thought I was watching a kids film, but no, there's gore and there's tits and there's weird shit in it. And I, and I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. And the bike died because they'd cut the HT leads. So I'm stuck <laughs> in the middle of, of a cornfield. No. And the wind starts picking up. And I'm trying to kick the bike over to get it started. And I've seen what they've done. I'm trying to fix it. And I'm like, those fucking idiots. And in my head, I'm still thinking about Troll Two. And the wind, where it picked up, it there was a scarecrow in the field, and they'd put like a mask on there, just a still stagnant, non-moving plastic mask, like the faces in Troll 2. And this thing come flying. The wind caught it and it come flying out of this cornfield and landed like 15 feet in front of me. Oh. And I fucking flipped and staggered backwards with the bike the bike fell on top of me the exhaust burnt through my jeans and into my leg and like left a, like i've got like a a, a quarter eyes kind of mark in my leg from this motorbike <laughs> exhaust and, and and all this because of troll too uh and I, wow. I got the bike started and just peeled out of there and i, I was terrified and i was terrified and burnt my leg and, and wrecked my bike because of troll too and a scarecrow that blew out of the cornfield and yeah, I mean, it's the it's the dumbest thing ever, but you put it in context and you've got those images and that weird tone of shift of, is it a kid's movie? What am I watching? I don't know what's going on here. And yeah, that 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 is my pick for number five, Troll 2. I was completely riveted by that story and you are rehired back on the podcast. <laughs> the story is what does it. The story is what does it. Is. You need this, this is the context yes, of why of you found something scary. You have to have that. For some of these Makes things. total sense. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't, I've seen Troll 2. Uh, I remember it. I 
they thought it was fun. I was high as fuck when I watched it, uh, but I was, you know, I was, I was way later in life when I, when I saw it and I thought it was fun, but uh, this yeah. is, that's a hell of a story. Zach, do you have anything to add to that one? I mean, I never saw troll two. I saw troll one mm. and I, I avoided troll, troll two for the, for the lore. Uh, and I love troll one, but, but too. hearing that story makes me, makes me want to possibly toe dip into it. If I could yeah, watch and, Halloween uh, kills, I can watch troll two. Well, there you go. And honestly, to, to be honest with you, man, uh, I would say Troll, is, it's not my top five, but it's definitely my top 10 because that freaked me out as a kid yeah, uh, as well. Um, but I, I still liked it. Like I remember I remember watching it, Troll 1, from yeah. behind a couch, just peeking over it and being like, oh, oh, yep. like it was fascinating, but yet terrifying at the same time. Charles uh, Band classic. Yep. John Carl Beekler is very good at doing gloppy monsters. Yes. Do you know what I mean? They, they look slimy and rubbery and disgusting. That's and I great. think he was very good at that back then. I think yeah. he was very good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great, great one, buddy. Great one. Yeah. Nice. Pick. Uh, Zach, Thanks. what is your number five? Okay. My number five. Um, so I saw this when it came out in the theater with my mom, and I was 11. Uh, it, I was, I still am in a way big into collecting crystals. And my mom was big into that. And she got me a geode and she, and then this movie came out about, uh, kids with a geode and I saw it and it scared the shit out of me. Uh, it turns out it's only PG 13. It's not an R rated movie. Like I thought for many years, cause it was so traumatizing to me to the point that I thought this geode that I had at home was going to open up a portal to hell as well. Just like in 1987's the gate um this movie is creepy as fuck will it show up on pad down the road uh yes and so uh (laughs) i won't say too much about it other than the fact that it it is you know the 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 main two main characters um are pretty much alone throughout this movie Uh, the kids are all alone the parents are pretty much gone throughout the entire movie which creates a real sense of dread i was home alone a lot just like Corey was both being latchkey kids. And I've had traumatic things happen to me. People try to break into my house, people looking in my windows when I was alone, it scared the shit out of me. So as a kid, um, so I'm watching these two like for, fight the forces of evil and ultimately winning, you know, but still along the way, get into a whole lot of crap. And it was terrifying. Um, and, and seeing into the theater with my mom walking out, she's like, what do you think? I'm like, that oh, was good. And then having night terrors the rest of the night. So uh, yeah, the gate. <laughs> I, I leave. Yeah, I let the floor open to the two of you. That's the gate is I something I don't. I, I I feel like I've seen it when I was younger, but I don't really remember it at all. So that is something that Zach has been talking about since almost the beginning of Pad. Um, and I'm I, at this point, I'm not going to watch it until the inevitable, uh, you know, Blu-ray comes or whatever. So I'm I'm saving it for that, and I'm just going to go on record saying I haven't seen it, but I, I might have when I was younger. I don't really remember. Uh, David, any thoughts on the gate? Yeah, I love it. Um, I watched it again recently about. Uh, a month or two ago and I introduced it to Roxy and she was yeah she she really liked it she was like it, it was one of those films where she turned around and said I can see why you love this thing and strangely enough <laughs> um strangely enough even uh saying and, I'm, and there's uh talking about the book Seven Winters there's a direct reference to the gate uh in Seven Winters later on uh in the story and Zach will know exactly what I'm talking about which is one yeah. of the most terrifying things in the film which is when you think it's PG, it's just insane. Um, th- that one scene with "You've been bad." Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, it 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 scared. 
that scene, so many scenes in this movie scare the shit out of me. Mm. Uh, the reference in your book, I'm glad you put a reference in the gate in your book, in the book, yeah, because Seven Winters Alone, which you guys should all pick up. Because, uh, because it, it, it and this in a way is like not a haunted house, but it's a terrifying like subdivision, you know, a la Return of the Living Dead Part Two, where it's just there's yeah. emptiness around you and this idea of like, we are alone, you know, and there's no one going to help you. I love all that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, cool. that, that, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, there is that element of like, yeah, you're, you're a kid on an, and you're on your own and you have to fight these things. So yeah, that's definitely, it was an influence. I love, I love that film. Do you, Zach, do you like the sequel? It's not bad. I will say that. Yeah. It's not bad. And yeah. I love that they got the, the what's his face? The main, um, they got the, his buddy in the movie. The heavy metal kid, the heavy yeah. metal kid. Yeah. 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 Um, I I appreciate it more. I wish Stephen Dwarf would have come back, you know, come back mm. for it. Sorry, did I call him Stephen Dwarf? I meant Dwarf. Dwarf, dwarf, <laughs> dwarf on Gate? Is that <laughs> like Dwarf on Golf and shit? <laughs> Mr. Mr. I'm above all Marvel movies. He was right about Black Widow because that movie's not good. So. Um, all right, guys. That was, a, <laughs> I, I look forward to, to discussing the gate more when uh, when Zach brings it to the table. I'll throw out my number five. What's your number five, Corey? My number five is a movie that we discussed on Podcasting After Dark. We reviewed it, and I talked about in it what traumatized me, and it is 1988's The Blob remake, and what really fucking traumatized me was the little fucking blonde boy getting blobbed in the sewer (laughs) because Luke and I were the exact same age, not when this movie came out, but like we were when we were watching horror movies, you know, we saw Night of the Living Dead in the theater when we were like 12. We were those two little blonde boys. We were just a couple years younger than them in in 1988 but that was essentially us and um and that movie just terrified me to see someone my age with my interests and kind of like you know getting so horribly killed was just unsettling to me as as a kid you know absolutely terrifying but Again, like I said, you can listen to me, you know, expand on that in our review as well. But uh, David, did uh, do you remember that scene, the the sewer well, scene? I do remember that sewer scene. Yeah, and that, I would agree. That's that film freaked me out in the same way. The scene with the kid, and it it, it always brings to mind the scene in the stuff with the kid getting mm. chased. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those two always stick in my mind. Totally. Um, and, and there, there was a part, there was a, a point in time where I often get those two films mixed up in my memory about what happened. Um, uh, and, and the scene of chocolate chip Charlie where his mouth gets yeah, yes. at the end of the stuff. Oh, oh, for, for some reason, Top for years, for I always thought that's always that was in the blob. So there's something similar about those two because with the, the kid thing, but I, I always think the kid dies in the stuff, he doesn't die in the stuff, does he? He, he no. the kid lives in the stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's but the blob. Yeah, the, <laughs> and I think that I think that's where the impact of the blob came because I was still had that in my mind when I saw the blob. Oh, yeah, the kid's gonna live because he lived in the stuff. And then when the kid got killed in the blob, I was like, oh, fuck, okay, we're on this level then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and Zach, we, we know your thoughts because you, you, uh, you, you know, re- you reviewed the, the movie with me, but, but you know, just uh, reiterate, what, uh, what did you think of that? Oh, I mean, that scene alone is terrifying. And, and that movie is terrifying, still holds up today. Yeah. Uh, some of these movies we may talk about today don't hold up today, but that one definitely does. And um, yeah, and, and to piggyback it with the stuff, can't get enough of the stuff or the blob. <laughs> exactly. All right, David, you're number four. Ooh, 
Hey, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, no, my number four, and this is going back to the, well, it was 1992. And I'll just breeze through this. So this is the logic of people back in the 80s and the 90s. My parents said, okay, you need a babysitter on Halloween night. Okay, that's great. So what we want you to do is you're going to walk to the babysitter's house on your own in the dark and go there and they're going to look after you while we're not at home. And then you can walk back again. And then at least we know you've you've been with an adult all night. Yeah, apart from those parts where I was walking to and walking <laughs> from in, in the pitch black. Um, and this is, this. you guys, I don't know if you guys have heard of this or maybe heard of the reputation of this one. But it's essentially the UK's of the War of the Worlds radio broadcast. And it was, like I say, 1992 TV. Could you say TV movie or TV special? It was advertised as being a real life investigation into a haunted house with TV stars over here, like every day, like kids TV presenters. They had like a, a, a chat show host and they made it look like a legitimate thing. They were going to go into... Uh, someone's house uh, to investigate a haunting but it was phony and people did believe it was real and this is 1992's ghost watch have you guys heard of this oh yeah i've heard of ghost watch you i've never seen ghost it but watch? i've heard of it yep uh, I've, yeah. I've i've heard of threads did, could, did you give I've me props for, for knowing uh, well that well one, yeah yeah i did yeah yeah oh don't much, worry much Corey. <laughs> I, I want my accolades i want my accolades yeah. <laughs> dude i have not heard of this i feel like i feel like through our conversations uh, i don't remember if it was one of our five hour you know phone calls or yeah. something uh but i feel like you brought this up before but i didn't know about it before you talking about it yeah it's it's, it's very interesting because they have like i said the war of the world's kind of connection is they advertise this thing as uh, oh see you know kids tv presenters and see a chat show host and uh you know uh lister from red dwarf he was he was in yeah, it as well yeah. so they had like loads of uk kind of celebrities what we see every day that were apparently going to investigate a real haunted house and the, and the thing was written by we know this afterwards but there's a horror writer called stephen volk ken russell's gothic but he, he was actually the writer of this thing. They kept it quiet. They wanted to do this documentary feel to it. And essentially they go to a house and you see like your favorite everyday TV stars get terrorized by someone and one of them gets possessed. And this was shown as a documentary and they did a really good job with it. And at that point in time, I remember it being built up. We're going to go to a real haunted house. Let's watch this thing. And I remember sitting there walking to my babysitter's house to watch this thing and was absolutely fucking terrified because the yeah. girl who presented like children's TV in the morning is sitting in the corner of a room going round and round the garden like a teddy bear. And you're like, what the fuck is your mind's just again, the context <laughs> thing, the tone, your mind is just melting. What you like, what, what is happening right now? I don't, is, is this real? Is it not real? And so we watched this thing absolutely terrifying um, it's about a ghost in this house called Pipes who knocks on the pipes and, he, and there's shots of you, you see him standing in the corner static and like, is that someone in the shadows? And they did this thing like a call in. Oh, yeah, people are calling in saying, oh, in this shot earlier on, you can see him. And, and it felt authentic. So this thing's gone on. Was this thing real? Was it fake? Who knows? Yeah. And the babysitter turns around and goes, oh, OK, yeah, you know, 1030 now. Better walk home. See ya. And so they just, after seeing this thing traumatized, walking through the dark, like, I think I just saw the people I love on TV die. Oh okay, I'm going home now. And the next day, and you can find this on YouTube, you can find like the reaction to Ghostwatch. And there was, they did a whole show of just getting people, they had, I think it was the most complaints the BBC had ever had about 
a, a show. And there's this thing you can watch of all these very well-to-do British people sitting there moaning at the writer and the producers going, well, I was extremely offended by this show. You advertised it as being a real life and people were dying and I let my kids to stay up to 10.30 at night and they watched this and my kids were traumatised and I was traumatised and someone has to pay. And it's, it is, it's very embarrassing as a British person to watch that. <laughs> but it did, but it, but it did have, it did have that, that uh, effect on people. It did. It was a phenomenon for, for a few years of Ghostwatch was essentially the British World of Worlds and if you can get it, it's, it's worth a watch. In that context, yeah. if you know where it comes, it's worth yeah and and as far as context goes you got to remember like Blair Witch wasn't going to be coming out for about another four years maybe three years after that um so like so all that I mean like the whole documentary style you know horror movie wasn't as mainstream then back in 91 92 you know I mean people were doing it occasionally Mm -hmm. I've talked about an episode of Tales from the Crypt that freaked me out with uh Morton Downey Jr. Jr. yeah yeah yeah, I love it and that thing was like I think from the late 80s early 90s but it was presented as he was like a like same thing it was all Mm. first most of his first person most of it was you know camera and I found footage and it scared the hell out of me it didn't make my list but it definitely scared the hell out of me so you got to put those things in context now we're just we've seen so many fucking movies that are from the camera's point of view some done well like record like wreck and stuff like that and some yeah. done not so well and VHS. uh it's it's but now we yeah and vhs has a lot of good ones hit or miss as well but yeah now we live in that world now we understand it i think the viewers understand it more uh, Zach, did you have have you ever seen this one at all? I haven't, but um, but I do remember either Fangoria or Rue Morgue kind of talking about it and like if well if you like if you think Blair Witch was the first of its kind, you haven't seen Ghost Watch or you haven't seen the last broadcast and stuff like that, which is cool. There's also a somewhat humorous take on it called like the WNUF Halloween special. Yeah, that's um, pretty. That is, that, I like that. I think that's pretty good. I that, just got the yeah, Fun City that, edition. Okay, that uh, came out on Blu-ray, and everyone was posting it like last week or something, and I didn't know what the hell that even was. I'm like, what is this? And why is every, like, why is everyone in the world excited about it, but not me? You know. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's worth checking out. Um, I actually watched it. It, it. It's a movie, and and they it's the same deal. Like, but it's but it's more comedic in its tone. Um, okay. But it, but it's one of those underground films. Like this has been unearthed, and no, no one's ever seen it. You know, it's a cult movie. It's only been uh, traded with tapes. So uh, I feel like Ghost Watch is the same deal, where it's like it's 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 underground, and you know, last broadcast is getting a Blu-ray release uh, later. I think next year. Um, with it, definitely worth checking out. I haven't seen it in forever, so I'm not sure how much it holds up. But I love found footage movies, or I love documentary specials and the old ones. I don't like the newer ones; it just doesn't do it for me because we've we've eclipsed the moment of like this people not knowing if this is real or not. They're all everyone's yeah. in on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. We all we all get the we understand what's mm-hmm. happening now. I think we're yeah. more sophisticated as viewers. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. They were fun. I still like them when they're done well, but yeah now we've lost or we've moved past it like you said we've eclipsed that point um zach what is your number four my number four is yet another pg movie um i've talked about this on a million episodes of pad but they're growing up in michigan as a as a you know really little kid five six and seven i watched uh, creature features and thriller on tv 20 which was the detroit tv station and their opening which was like the um the part of uh the led zeppelin song 
um, phys- oh, I forget the name of the song, but it's where Robert Plant's like, <laughs> they were like loop it over and over again. Um, and with images of this specific movie uh, and playing over it and it freaked me out. And when I actually saw the movie itself, it terrified me even more where I had nightmares about one specific character in the movie. It is the 1972 Bob Clark directed Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things. Uh, another movie that I am desperately waiting to watch. Uh, but now you've talked about it so much that I'm just going to wait if it ever pops up on here. Yeah, it probably will down the road. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it, it's campiness really sets up the third act. And David knows the third act oh, is it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's a zombie movie. Um, the shot, is, this, is, is the shot you're talking about the shot where he stands up at the end and exactly forward. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. where you know they they i don't want to yeah. spoil too much because i know Corey hasn't seen it yet mm. um but it's about a film crew that goes in on an island to shoot a movie and to do like satanic rituals essentially uh and they unearth a corpse and hilarity ensues now um and it's 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 bob clark you know it's before he did black christmas it's before he did christmas story it's all that good stuff it's really creepy um and then the final third act again gave me night terrors night terrors from zach again (laughs) (laughs) i I get it you know what when you said that when 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 you said the title of the film and you said there was a shot i knew immediately because i felt the same way and I, I hadn't thought about that film for this, but I, 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 I've got that shot burned into my brain. I can see that shot now as we're talking about it. And yeah. I get why at, at a certain age, seeing that would just blow your fucking mind. Dude, I, I was I like six years old. And yeah, you know. that's, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. Yeah, Alone oh, on I, a I Saturday afternoon. Understand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like... Like The Gate and like Session 9, our, the next movie we're going to be reviewing on Podcast After Dark, uh, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things. Uh, I've, I've just, I've heard so much from Zach that it's now on this like, this really high priority list that I want to watch, you know, like these three movies I, I, I desperately want to watch. But I like, you know, I mean, the fact that I'm, I've already made it 43 years without watching them, I might as well save the initial response, how I felt about it for, for the review, you know, since I'm in such a unique position in, in that regard. But uh, this is another one Zach, that I'm dying to watch because of you. Well, you're welcome. And you will, hopefully you'll, it'll, it'll hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will. What's your number four, Corey? <laughs> My number four the last movie uh, that we've reviewed on the show, not the last one, but the last on my list of the movies that we've reviewed on the show. And uh, so I talked extensively about my trauma then, but I'll talk about it now. Um, and it is 1986 Terror Vision. It was the third movie or fourth movie we reviewed in season one, like at the very beginning, it was, it was Zach's pick. Um, but yeah. when I was growing up, um, like Zach said, we were both latchkey kids. Um, when I was super young, my grandpa would be the one that was there to watch me in the afternoons. And he was actually there in the mornings when I'd wake up because my mom would already be at work. Uh, so my grandpa and I had a, were very, very close growing up, very similar to how the grandfather and the kid in, in terror vision sort of were like, he was like my best friend. I mean, obviously Luke and everything, but like my grandpa, like him and I were tight. We played together. We did a lot of stuff. It was a lot of fun. So to see what happened to grandpa in terror vision and having like, you know, getting melted and getting eaten and then having then to communicate 
to his head you know it's just everything about it just fucking made me sick when i was a kid and i'm just like and i didn't have the words to express why but now that i'm older it's you know it's the fact that you know he his head could talk but like are you talking to him are you talking to like the creature and yeah and zach and i of course had a whole lot of fun making fun of the fact of like just taking care of business and all that kind of stuff (laughs) came out of that movie but in in actuality that movie scared the fuck out of me as a kid and uh and again context it's because I was so close with my grandpa and it was just seeing that kid's grandpa getting eaten again when I'm about the age that that kid was maybe even a little bit younger and I'm just like so this can happen <laughs> like this yeah. is like something that can happen in my life I'm not prepared for this I'm too even I think even at th- that age I was like I'm too young for this I'm way too young for these kind of thoughts so well, yeah terrible that, that's the other that, that, with that film that, that that again like what I was saying like the tonal shift like control too that you see terrorvision and you've got like Diane Franklin running around going yeah totally and it's all fun and animated like a cartoon and then the grandpa dies and it really hits you hard because you just if that film feels like he shouldn't have died yeah the grandpa should have gone to the end yeah and when he dies it's just there's such such heavy there, there is such a heavy context with that in that film with the kids connection to it like you can see a friday the 13th film where people are getting the heads chopped off every seven minutes but with this you've built a relationship between these two characters and yeah. you like them and then they kill they kill him like I, I I couldn't believe it when I saw it. He killed the grandpa, and you feel kind of feel bad. It makes you feel bad when you watch it. Like you really are you. I didn't want him to die. I really yeah. didn't want him to die. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying with that. Yeah, I think I think the because they set it up almost like a sitcom because it's it's shot you know on a set mm. and it has that that vibe to it. Um, and I think as kids when we see these things it's also a level of depression that we've maybe never felt yet. And so when we're in, we're like, I think of like Dawn of the dead, when I saw that it's like not happy endings, uh, you get depressed and you don't know how to explain that as a kid, you know, when you're eight or nine, especially us, because we grew up in a generation when depression wasn't a thing you even talked about, but you see you're like a character that you really dig and you really are into. And then suddenly they get killed and you're like, why do I have such a sinking feeling now? What is this sinking feeling I have? Well, that's depression because you're depressed that these characters that you love are dead. So yeah. I totally relate. I felt the same way when I saw that movie. I was like, no, you're killing all the people we love. And essentially they kill everybody because the, the, the thing is going to get everybody in the end. Yeah. Creepy. I know. Yeah. And I think at the end, like having the fact that the kid gets eaten and like everything, it just, it, it traumatized me uh, to, to no end, but it's still a great movie. Still an awesome, awesome film. And, and the orgy the, probably freaked you out too, as a kid. I, I mean, at this point, actually the orgy part, I was like, now that I can get on board with. Uh, so you see, <laughs> uh, of course you did. Of course you did. So go check out that review. That was way, way back in the past. Oh my God. That, was that was when uh, Zach, Zach and I, yeah, Zach and I were baby podcasters way back then. And we were still doing it out of the, the living room of my apartment in North Hollywood. So the oh sound gosh. was just all echoey, but uh, it's still a fun episode and, uh, you know, a lot of trauma to be had there. Uh, David, your, what is your number three? My number three, right. The, the context of this one is I, right, the next, my, my four, four, three and two have one thing in common. They're all TV movies. And this one, I didn't see it on TV. This one I saw on is either stick uh, a vaporwave mix on like youtube on the tv or i'll stick a horror film on and on youtube like you can just type in 80s horror film find a playlist play it and then just go to sleep to that and i did the, the 80s film uh, horror film thing went to sleep and i woke up and 
I saw the final shot of this film, kind of like what Zach was saying about children, children flow with dead things, strangely enough. And this is 1982 TV movie, Don't Go to Sleep. Oh, wow. Mm-mm. Never seen it. No. Okay. Right. This is worth checking out. Um, it, 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 this is worth checking out. This It's very much a TV movie of 1982. You've got Dennis Weaver, Valerie Harper. Uh, you got the kid, you got Robbie from um, Poltergeist, is like the little kid in it. And I fell asleep. There it is. There's I'm showing cover. Corey for there context the post. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking Corey, it up on that? I'm looking yeah. it up on IMDb Creepy. right now. Yeah. 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 And I woke up, but the end shot is very similar to the end shot of uh, Zach's film, what freaked him out. And the Oof. end shot of this Oof. is the 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 ghost basically it's, it's a haunted house thing there's a ghost in the house and it's the ghost of the daughter of the family who died and the final shot is her rising up from behind a bed and just standing there grinning now think of the context of this i've played this on youtube through the night i'm in bed wake up with one eye open and all i can see on the screen at the end of the bed no. is a shot of a girl standing up from behind a bed and i fucking flipped out Ooh. i've never i haven't had the heebie-jeebies like that for years when you get that shivering feeling and i couldn't distinguish between reality and fantasy what was on the screen and what was in reality and i backed up in the bed staring at the final shot of this film and it took probably three four seconds to contextualize okay this is just something on the screen okay it's fine it's fine and that scared me so much i didn't want to re- reach for the remote I didn't know what this, I didn't even know what this thing was. And the film ended and I was like, I need to know what this is. And it was, like I say, it was like four in the morning. And then I pressed the button on the remote, YouTube, don't go to sleep, TV movie, 1982. I was like, I need to watch this thing now. Like if something's going to have that effect on me, I need to know what this is. And I stayed up from four to six in the morning and then I'm just going to go back to sleep afterwards because this is, and, and I looked on IMDb on the internet and then people's comments. And this is one film that, freaks a lot of people out and there's a scene in there people who know this film is going to know exactly what you can watch this for free on youtube Uh, there's no other way there's no physical media there's nothing there's been no other release of the film um and there's a scene with a pizza cutter that's absolutely terrifying which sounds ridiculous but it's 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 there's things that happen in this and basically the whole film is about a daughter who died who comes back to take revenge on the whole family and you don't know why and at the end of it Oof. you get what's going on the whole thing has got a clammy horrible feel it really kind of destructs the the idea of the perfect american tv family with a trauma that's happened to him with this ghost doing things to the family and it's a it's a really honestly it's a scary film <laughs> that is one scare and i showed it i showed this to roxas i like, watched this and she just sent me a message back afterwards going why did you make me watch this <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that but yeah even she says that that don't go to sleep that, that i think someone i think vinegar syndrome i think one of these boutique labels needs to do a box yeah, set of scary tv movies oh just i'm sure they grab will. the rights of them yeah just grab the rights of some of these things and slap them together because this needs to get a proper release. It's it's a it's a scary film. Uh, that's that's. And you awesome. guys don't know it. You no. guys never no, never heard of it. No, I never no. heard of it. I I. But you're you're right about like scary TV movies, uh, especially in the context. I'm definitely want to watch this movie now. So that'll that'll bump up on my list. It sounds great. And and just, is that, 
it's a Halloween watch, a Halloween watch late at night. If, if you're ever awake, like you can't go to sleep, just up two o'clock in the morning. It's one of those things you watch it and like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That's I not going to be if, you doing that, Zach. I don't you're know if a movie called to. Don't Go to Sleep is going to be a movie I want to watch uh, at, at night when I, when I do want to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's the perfect time to watch it. You, you have True. to watch it then. True. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. It's <laughs> oh, good pick, buddy. Very good Thank pick. Yeah. Sounds, nice. sounds freaky. Uh, Zach, what is your number three? Well, my number three, it's so weird. Um, David and I have some parallels uh, because my number three involves a death of a child as well. <laughs> um, so my number three in context, uh, I've been uh, almost kidnapped three times. In my, Three, two times, two times I've over, almost That's been kidnapped crazy. in That's my crazy. life. Uh, and so in, in around the time when, um, oh gosh, what is his name? David, uh, the America's Most Wanted guy. Um, uh, blanking on his name, but everyone knows who the guy is. David uh, Walsh, his last name's Walsh. Anyways, his son was kidnapped and then beheaded. Horrible. Um so I was traumatized by all that shit. And the Night Stalker was killing people in, in, in California. And I was freaked out when they were like, oh, he might be in the Bay Area now. And um, so I saw this movie around the time I moved to California, living at, at home alone. Or I think I watched this one with my brother. Um, but it's the 1973 horror thriller, Don't Look Now, with Julie Christie and mm. Donald Sutherland. And I was traumatized for two things. One, there's like graphic sex in it. And this was at a time when I was, I thought I was like 10 or 11 years old and I didn't need to see that in a movie. And, and I, and it just freaked me out. Uh, there's backstory with my parents and I just don't want to go there, but uh, save that for a therapy bill. <laughs> but the, other than that, um, the final scene of that movie, and this movie is about a, a, a couple that had just recently lost their kid. Um, and I won't go too much into it because I know Corey will probably want to see it down the road the final scene of that movie haunts me to this day, terrifies me to the, to the point where it was on maybe 10 years ago and I was watching it and the scene came up and it just shocked the shit out of me, terrified me. Um, this like, and I don't want, again, I don't want to spoil it, but David, I know you've seen this movie, so you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, this, yeah. this thing that happens, it just like cemented in my brain and it's not going anywhere uh every time i think about it i get goosebumps so anyways that movie was traumatizing i am now, I am now. traumatizing <laughs> to me um thoughts Corey, david david you've seen it Corey, you have not right correct i've i've my thoughts on this are i understand exactly what you're saying the context that you put it in is perfect as in talking about that whole film where he's looking for the child and that sense of terror and deflation when he yes. sees that thing at the end and you can really relate to donald sutherland there's everything in that moment when that thing walks towards him um i think well, i think, very... I, think I know it though is this the you know i'm this... trying to talk around no it, no Corey, but i think i, I actually to... i think i've i know it's it's it, they lose yeah. their kid and the, is this the one where he's in the water holding her screaming because she drowned or yeah. something that's it that's it yeah and that's then it. at the very end she, you think it's going to be his daughter but it's like a, a little dwarf creature thing or something yeah i'm kind of dwarfish thing. yeah i've yeah. i've I, the funny thing is i think i've actually seen the movie 
wholly, you know, I have like, but, but I was probably like, like long, long time ago, like early high school or something like that. Um, Cause I think it was one of those ones where my buddies and I are like, we need to like catch up on some of these movies we haven't seen. And I recall that, but then moving forward, I've, everyone references that. And then you see the shot of Donald Sutherland holding her in the lake or wherever, you know, she, mm. she drowned, you know, you always see that shot and I'm always like, Oh, it's from that movie. Um, but yeah, I do have vague ref- recollections of it. And I know it kind of builds to that giant sort of reveal at the end. Oh, I think there's something very interesting about some of our choices on this, about what it's actually taken, what's actually traumatised us. And I turned around and said it was the shot in Don't Look Now where a girl just stands up grinning from behind a bed. Zach, you've had, uh, um, what was what was the other one? I'm blanking for a second. I've got it in my mind. Uh, don't, children don't, uh, shouldn't play with dead things yeah. where the guy just stands up and walks forward. And now this one where something just turns around and it's just like yeah. the most simple things, isn't it? These simple movements, simple. but done in, in, in the context they're done in, in these films that just stick with you forever. And you can yeah. talk about like Halloween because, oh, he killed 10,000 people. But really the thing that sticks with us is the simplest. Someone stood up twice. Someone stood up from my bed. Someone stood up. Yeah. No, someone turned around. And it's those simple things that really haunt us more than, anything else and yes it's because it's it's always you know it's it is true it is completely true what they say you know the whole jaws scenario it's you're gonna your brain is gonna piece in all the worst stuff that you can possibly do more so than the director can ever do and uh and that's also why i think that i still like the night of the living dead 1980 remake for what we have you know because i actually think it does a good job and my brain does piece in the part would have been but you're right david these a lot of times these lasting images are just that they're just like an image but they haunt us so much yeah Yeah, Um, there's there's something to be said about uh you don't have a don't need a jump scare you don't need a loud piercing music you don't need weird special effects cgi stuff it's just simple simple camera person creep (laughs) yep exactly There's something you said there, Zach, and it just popped a memory in my mind. If you ever, you know about the legend of the Enfield Poltergeist. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they did made the Conjuring film. That Conjuring film was ridiculous. All things yeah. popping out everywhere. Yeah. And they did, uh, there was a TV show over here called Strange But True, and they did a recreation of it. And the whole thing was like, they had the ghost thing that you just saw chairs move and everything else. And then they got the, the priest around the house. And... Uh, in the reconstruction of it and the priest came around and did the thing and they said it's all clear now everything's fine and the woman they had a single shot of the woman standing in the middle of the house and she went to sit down and the house is quiet and as she sits down she's sitting there for a second just looking forward and next door a drawer just opens and then she bursts into tears and that shot was so much more terrifying than anything in that country yeah they just it was just that fact that everything's fine and you're sitting there and you just see a drawer open in front of you no it's not fine he said yeah. that one thing, that simple thing of a drawer opening said so much more than any dialogue or any special effects could ever do. Totally. Yeah. Less less is more sometimes. Yeah. Less is more. Unless it's the movie that I'm going to talk about next. My number <laughs> no. three. Number three. <laughs> <I'm> Corey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh like i said my buddy luke and i uh would we would always be watching the horror movies and everything and we would uh at one point we asked my stepdad to recommend some stuff and uh he, we'd already seen evil dead i think he recommended evil dead um i think we were we were probably about 12-ish probably again around uh, that age and uh he recommended to us 1986 from beyond and uh i was oh. like okay so 12 years old <laughs> 
watching uh, From Beyond, and it's a wild ride. And obviously, like you know, it's 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 gross and everything. And and I think we were like huddled up under the covers together, but making it through the entire movie just fine. Also, you know, with our 12-year-old beliefs that, you know, the, the main heroine will make it out unscathed in the end. So when she jumps out the window, when the whole place is exploding Terrible. and lands and blows out her fucking kneecap, oh, to like a compound fracture, when the camera like looks down on it and she like screams, the way she screams is the exact way that and I both screamed at the exact same time at the exact same pitch. We just met her completely. And to this day, it's like, it's been burned into my head, you know? And, and yeah, that was like a reminder when I was a kid or, or like one of the first times where it's like, Oh, okay. There's no real true rules to filmmaking. You can do anything, you know, like I started to basically sort of understand film and stuff, but, uh, and it's in, in the fact that like, sometimes when you take a rule and then spin it, you can kind of make people, you know, it can have an effect on you. And uh, yeah, as a kid, that's when I learned, yeah, maybe the heroine can't, doesn't always make it out of these horror movies unscathed and uh, you know, as much as I loved Barbara Crampton, you know, and Sleazy C and everything, <laughs> what I remembered from that movie when I was a kid, what I remember from that movie is her fucking compound fracture at the end yep. and just being blown away by it. You so know, that that's yeah. <laughs> oh my David God. or yeah. Zach, you, you've got you've got thoughts, Zach, you jump in on this yeah, one. real I, quick. I, OK, I will say uh, ditto, ditto, ditto. That scene stands out. It's uh, that was my morning wake up in the morning get ready for school turn on the tv from beyond's on holy shit what the hell is this i'm traumatized because she's maniacally screaming uh i love jeffrey combs in that i thought he was he was cool i thought he was gonna live nope i loved ken forey thought he was gonna live nope uh and his death is terrible like every death is terrible there's there's gelatinous gloop there's pink uh beautiful pink like seven winters alone uh like seven winters alone yeah. artwork courtesy of suspiria land and uh mm -hmm. check out both of them on instagram <laughs> by the way um uh david irons and suspiria land yeah it's traumatizing as hell and the music is super creepy and the story is perverted at a time when you're not supposed to know a whole lot about perversion you know yeah. we're, we're mm. kids we're like innocent uh that shift comes you know and it's just like you're not going to be sheltered forever, but you should be when you're that age. And uh, we, both of us were not. So uh, maybe that's why we're doing a podcast about all these traumatizing movies. Yeah. yeah. I love it. The, the, the rest is history. I love that movie. Uh, traumatizing done gavel on the ground. Go, go, go. And a movie that we will be bringing to podcasting after dark in yes. the future at some point. So Good. Um, David, you love that movie. I assume. I love that movie. And everything you guys said completely agree with and i remember weirdly enough um when we rented that thing for the first time uh I, I can't believe some of the things you guys say like that was on in the morning like before breakfast oh from beyond's on that wouldn't happen in this country that's just insane the um but we, we rented that thing we rented it and um i can remember you have those expectations don't you of like classically what you think this thing's gonna be like as a kid like you know oh that's the good guy that's the heroine like what yeah. you were saying Corey. this is going to happen this way and i remember there was nothing really to latch on to that anything good was going to happen in this situation and i remember watching this to my friend and this like you talking about it's just brought this back there was a moment where you remember when the creature appears and ken forey runs down the stairs in his pants with a knife and just goes <laughs> in 
and and I just remember because there was nothing to latch on to as a kid. My friend just like really erupted at that moment, and he's like, "Yes, this is what we want. Have a go, hero. Jump in there with your pants on and knife yeah. the creature." And it was like, "Yeah, that's." And and he and he dies, and he fucking gets yeah. stripped yeah. clean, doesn't he? And he's like, "Oh, even the hero got destroyed." And Ken, exactly. Ken, and that yeah, that was heartbreaking. That 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 was a film. I would say, like as kids, we realized that mm, the good guys don't always win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even yeah, in the no, 80s. Was... <laughs> Even in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good, good, one. good one. Good one. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think that was something that we learned from that. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said, Corey. And that's what I've got from that, definitely. Um, and, and just to kind of put it out there, the reason Zach and I haven't done it is because we both own it, right, Zach, on Blu ray? Yes. yes, we do. And so, so we kind of, were, this is literally the movie we're keeping in the wings in case something happens and like we can't like get to a movie or something we know we both have this one so we're kind of sitting on from beyond as like our ultimate backup film if something happens with like the the postal service or something so (laughs) it it will come eventually trust me it will come eventually so just like number two is coming eventually hey everybody Corey here i just want to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human, something always watching, something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide if you were haunted for seven winters alone? Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone. A dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook. And now, back to the show. All right, David, what is your penultimate horror traumatizing movie as a kid? Right, here we go. Another TV movie, 1991. <laughs> you guys, you guys might have seen it. You might have seen it. The Haunted Fox TV movie. The Haunted. Released hmm. over here on VHS. Do you know this one? I don't think so. Look it up. Sally Kirkland, Sally Kirkland. And oh, it was you know what? On... I never saw it, but I know it. Yeah, and it was based on a, like a real life incident for the, the Schmurl family. Schmurls. The Schmurls. Oh, yeah, I found it. It's got Jeffrey DeMond is in it. Okay. Jeffrey DeMond, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and that I picked up on. I mean, I, I don't want to get deep or heavy or anything else. But like the time when I saw this thing, uh, it, it was um, it was a point in time when uh, my mom was in hospital, as she was well, and they gave me money to. They said, "Okay, you, you don't come to the hospital. Like the things are getting bad. Just you know, you're not going to like what you see. Just take some money and and go and rent a film." Yeah, sure. I'm going to go and rent the haunting. <laughs> oh my god! And so <laughs> I know completely the worst thing ever and right. i was at home with all this trauma going on in my life and i watched this thing and you get the 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 the, the thing at the beginning saying based on a true story yeah and literally most of the film was about a woman stuck in a house and she knows these things supernatural things are going on but she can't prove it to anyone else and no one believes her because they're not experiencing them 
and there's scenes in there where there's just like a black shadow simple like again simple silly special effects like the simplest thing ever black shadow just keeps moving from one room to the next room and she keeps seeing this thing and no one else does and 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 she gets more and more frantic and it's only until it's probably about maybe halfway two-thirds of the way through the film when this thing because her parents live in like an annex next door and the thing moves and passes through a wall and then you hear the mom scream next door scream next door and she runs around and she goes you saw it didn't you you saw it and then the mom says oh there was a shadow and it came through the wall and it looked like a person and and the the mom is in tears crying because something going on in this house it's that relief but yeah this is you it was it's a weird feeling because it's a relief someone else knows something awful is happening and I watched this thing at this point in my life where there was trauma going on and it I, I just shouldn't have watched it. I yeah. shouldn't have watched it. And this thing's totally. just stuck in my brain now, yeah, as oh. being absolutely terrifying. And I've gone back to watch it again and it's so such an engaging film where the storyline is this whole thing about no one will believe. It's the, it's the kid that cried wolf. It's someone who wouldn't, no one believes this thing is happening and it's happening in your house under your nose and no one can see it apart from you and i i found that really terrifying i just um i had to look it up on imdb uh it's directed by robert mandel who That's directed right. 1996 the substitute with uh tom oh, nice. berenger Love that um movie. although i will he, say he did, IMDb... the, he did the pilot episode to the x-files as well the original okay cool yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will say that i love the um the imdb uh you know um a summary of the movie it says uh when the smurl family moves into a <laughs> uh, into a duplex they find out it's haunted uh and by the way they, it's not um they don't spell it 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 apostrophe s they just spell it its you know so i was like oh okay so it's even <laughs> grammatically incorrect it's it's not only is is the summary boring it's grammatically incorrect as well <laughs> uh but still that sounds like a really cool movie um i'm you know, obviously, sorry that it came at a at a bad point in your in your life. Um, yeah. But it, it yeah. sounds like an interesting film. Um, and yeah, I think it kind of also sounds like it's one of those films where less is more, you know, so yeah, definitely. yeah, I want to see it. I definitely want to see it even more now because I love Sally Kirkland. So there you go. Yeah, there you, there go. you go. So there you go. all right. Uh, Zach, what is your penultimate film? My penultimate um, is a sequel. And it's from it's a PG thirteen movie from nineteen eighty six. It is Poltergeist two: The Other Side. Ooh. And the reason oh, I that movie just like actually scares me more than the first one. Um, two scenes: the 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 preacher the tequila at the vomit. The tequila the tequila worm vomit is is one of the traumatizing scenes. The second one is the preacher at the screen door screaming, "You gotta die in there!" Like. Oh, uh, and just knowing yeah. that the guy was sick at the time uh I didn't <clears throat> cancer or aids or something you know horrible took his life it was cancer it was julian beck wasn't it, it was julian beck that's cancer. right yeah because he yeah. was in um, miami vice at the same time that's right, right yes. miami vice yeah phenomenal actor now i can watch it and not get as freaked out but man when i was a kid that i had a guy come to my door and try to kick the door open when i was a kid and um and tr just trying to pound on the door. And I had um, those windows in my, and my bedroom was right next to the front door. And I had these reflecting windows where it was a mirror on the outside, but at night it shifted. So you couldn't see out, but you could see in. And I was looking at him in the, in the door and he's like kicking the door and some random dude scared the shit out of me. Uh, probably saw Poltergeist 2 around the same time. And the rest is history. Traumatized pants <laughs> peeing movie. And, and it's a good one. I mean, Poltergeist 2, yeah. that's obviously something I've seen. 
it's probably in my top 10, maybe top 15 trauma, traumatizing, you know, because uh, I do, I remember seeing it in the theater with my Man. friend's dad and I was just, I, I couldn't, I was holding on to his arm. Yeah, like, I was dude. with my friend, but I was like with also with his dad and I was just like holding on to his arm because I was so fucking scared. Yeah, that one, uh, that one scared the hell out of me, but that's, it's, it's weird. It's a lot of these that did traumatize me. I didn't watch as much uh, except for the blob, um, but that one this one poltergeist 2 i did watch a lot later and every time it's so freaky it's so effective and i adore the original poltergeist but i love poltergeist 2 i think it's a i think it's a great sequel i think it was on hbo all the time back in the day so i turn on the tv there it is oh ready to get traumatized again No, I, I agree with that, Poltergeist too. And like we were saying in wrap up earlier on, like that was kind of an influence for Seven Winters, with that pink abyss yeah. yes. at the end, where they fall yep. into the the other side. Um, that film, weirdly enough, as we're talking about trauma, that film with that pink abyss where they fall into that's just endless. And some of Jaws three made me realise I have something called facial phobia. Have you ever mm. heard of this before? No. And it's a fear of either being underwater or submerged in a strange environment. And there was a test that I did online. And you can basically, if you you know you'll have uh, facial phobia if you react to this. So one of the things online was a a video of a man at the bottom of the ocean just jumping into a black hole with nothing around. And I watched that and felt extremely strange. It's like, (laughs) okay, I've got this thing. And uh, and I have got a fear of being underwater. Just that just that idea of being underwater with nothing else around, just a, a great big abyss of misty nothing. And I felt that way at the end of Poltergeist too. That it triggered me in that way. Like it, it definitely triggered me that thing, uh, because Oof. of that. Yeah, that yeah. that idea of like you just keep going and going and you're never coming. It's an endless nothing. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah. Oof. <sighs> oh man yeah no you're right that that's absolutely freaky absolutely freaky all right my number two number two we're not talking about poop (laughs) (laughs) but i'm talking about it's my third movie from 1986 so three out of my five films are 1986 and uh i I wonder what that must say something um i was in 1986 i was eight years old but i think my dad rented this on vhs so i'm guessing i was hopefully nine you know maybe it was a year later i don't know but like black emmanuel like like the waiting game the monsters episode of the waiting game these are things that i've only seen once but have lived with me so permanently so fixated for so long but i've only ever seen them once i am talking about 1986's the hitcher i am still too scared to watch it and it all comes down to where the girl gets ripped in half by the two um, the two oh, rocks. Hey. I'm telling you, I was yeah. either I was either eight or nine when I fucking saw this, and I remember what my dad rented it. I was like behind the couch trying to fucking watch it. 
I don't even know if you actually see her get ripped in half or not. All I know is my brain put it in there. And again, it was also because of the fact that I think I was expecting the heroine to to live. Like, she's not going to die. She's the love interest, I I think. I remember, right? Correctly? Yeah. And like, she's not going to die. That doesn't happen. And then the fact that it happened in such a manner where, you know, you guys have all seen it. It's like, it's like a a choice has to be made. And yeah, and there's also people standing around the fact that like, there's people there, but they can't help. It's just all of it, every bit of it fucking just crushed me as a kid. And I think I just, after it happened, I just slumped behind the couch and just my world from that point on my world had changed. And I am not kidding guys. I am 43 fucking years old and I am still too scared to go back and rewatch the hitcher. So that's my number two. You should, you should go back and watch it because it's really good. I mean, credit Eric red for an amazing script. Uh, uh, Eric read of body parts and and um, bad moon. Rock West, Red Rock West was that one of his? Was uh no, I think Red Rock West. Red Rock West. Lone Star. Lone Star. Lone Star. Yeah, uh, Lone, Lone Star, Star was John Sayles. Oh, okay. oh there you go. Yeah. I was gonna say I, I've, I like I actually like Lone Star. Lone, Lone Star. Lone Star is great. So is yeah. Red Rock West. Red Rock West. Oh my god, I can't say that five times fast. Uh, but. <laughs> But now Eric read, uh, I think it was one the first movie he ever did, The Hitcher. And oh my God, yeah, it's so creepy. Everything about that movie is scary. Um, it's such a great setup. It's brilliant. Don't even bother with the remake. Uh, yeah. Please don't bother with the remake. It, it's so, it's such a, it, it's one of those perfect 80s movies, standalone film, uh, terrifying elements of action and suspense and horror a la seven winters alone there you go <laughs> by david irons and art by suspiria oh. land go get it now on amazon <laughs> um and it's beautiful by the way the, the the art print is great uh yeah no i love it traumatized me too uh jennifer jason lee was at the peak of her career at that time she was you know out of fast time to Ridgemont high and other movies she did sisters i think um anyways mm. great i love it terrifying boom david what do you what do you think i i completely agree that was i used to in the early to mid 80s a lot of these things were introduced to me by my sister who used to go she loved horror and she used to go to the cinema to see this stuff and we used to just look at her face when she walked back through the door and the two that i remember really making an impact i remember her walking through after watching the first nightmare on elm street and she was like i've just never seen anything like it it's yeah. just there's a guy and you can't when you sleep you dream about him and if he kills you and she was telling you everything you know about it but for the first what? time imagine seeing that for the first time and hearing about it second i was like six and she's going you, you this thing's unbelievable that's <laughs> what told me about that and I distinctly remember telling me about Nightmare on Elm Street and I distinctly remember telling me about the Hitcher and, and, and I remember saying "There's he's not doing it because I remember the conversation between my mum and my sister and my mum said well why is he doing it and my sister says no reason he's just he just he doesn't even want to do it himself he's asking people to stop him and I remember hearing that and, and my brain at like seven or eight years old was why would you go around doing these things but you're asking people to stop you and it was just this whole level of psychology to a person i wasn't ready to hear about (laughs) i i i I didn't understand what this why would you do this i don't understand what this means and that uh unknowing was extremely scary before i'd even seen the film when i saw the film 
exactly the same what Corey was saying those those scenes the scene where he's driving along with the kids and he's in the back with the toy yeah and he's like waving over fucking hell like really come on and then it, it, again you don't see anything you just know those kids have died and you see see thomas house throw up and oh god it it, it really gut punches that film and finger it fries it, and it yeah, oh, and it does it so simply, doesn't it? It, yeah. it gives you such an impact, and it's so simple. The things you know, you like you, said, you like Corey. You didn't even know that you didn't see the girl get torn to pieces, but in your mind, and you saw that girl get to, torn to pieces. In my mind, that image is still there. Like yeah. it, my mind created that image and locked it in there for the rest of my life. And you it's know what? True. That's a that's a great fucking movie, in my opinion. You know, yeah. whether it terrified me or not, I think it's a great fucking movie. Mm. So, and you know what? Jeffrey Demund's in that also. <laughs> there you go. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> I just got Demund. I got Demund. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys and gals. What our number one? We all oh, have our number one. Number Here we go, one. David. Wow, David, my man. What is Dang. your number one? This one is a pretty heavy one. We've gone from the dopiness of Troll 2 to this, and this is it is a heavy film. Um, Scorsese turned around and said this is his favourite horror film. Well, the scariest film he's ever, ever seen, and I completely agree with him on wow. this. Um, and it is 1982's The Entity. Oh, though, that's a, that, movie. that is one that I I have seen a lot uh, as yeah. a kid, and it is pretty freaky. Although I watched it for other reasons, so oh, yeah, sure he did. <laughs> you know, baby, Ron Silver. He loves Ron Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Silver. Um, yeah, the end of that that film and the just the whole subject. And again, you don't you you see enough of what the whole thing's about. Um, but fuck me, that soundtrack. Um, I probably shouldn't say fuck me when talking about the entity. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, because you might. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're we're we're, we're coming. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> we, um, but the the Charles Bernstein score on that Nightmare on Elm Street adds, Cujo. Uh, yeah. everything. It adds so much to that film, and yep. even though you don't see graphically what's happening, you feel what's happening with that soundtrack. And I saw this later on. Um, I, I probably saw this like in like late 20s and at the time I was um, as, as I was saying in the other uh, when we did wrap up I used to like paint houses and stuff and at the time I, I watched this one night and then the next day I had to go and paint someone's house and I was left there alone all day in the house and I don't know if you've ever done you guys must have done this but like something's affected you and it's affected you so much you end up having like probably an inappropriate conversation with someone telling them what's wrong with you like oh this happened today and you're just saying too much and i went to paint someone's house uh and i was there alone and they walked back in and i had headphones on and they walked up behind me and put the hand on my shoulder the day after i saw this thing and i just fucking flipped so, oh my god yeah and, and this lady was like what the hell is wrong with you and i was like oh my god i watched this film last night and there's this demon and it raped someone and the, and and in my head i'm, I'm like you, you shouldn't be telling this lady this <laughs> no, just just stop just stop just stop but i just needed to get it out that i'd experienced this film and it had affected me so much in that way and i think the interesting thing about the entity is you think about all the things we talk about you can talk about texas chainsaw you can talk about last house on the left you can talk about um alien all these things yeah and the monsters and the creatures michael myers jason freddie all of these things all these monsters in these films you can buy 
action figures of you can buy yeah. t-shirts of you can buy merchandise they've kind of you know they, they've just become part of pop culture. even the i think alien is the most terrifying thing ever it's disgusting there's you know no remorse the parasite that will kill you you can't stand there and, and communicate with it or reason with it it just will kill you yeah but you can still buy an action figure of that thing you can still merchandise that thing what the hell can you do with the entity the entity is almost like a lost film in modern the way we talk about retro films because there's nothing there apart from terror that you can really attach onto it like it's a really scary film i mean you're not going to get <laughs> you're not going to get the new entity action figure with real rape action. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's nothing you can do with that thing because it is pure evil. It's the most evil thing, I think, out of all of the, you know, like horror demons or characters because there's there's nothing redeemable about it you can use in any other way outside of the film itself. And I think that's part of the reason why the film's not as talked about as much as other things. Spoiler alert, that's a movie that I've actually wanted to bring to the show. I was always kind of like on the fence because I don't want Zach to like have to like, maybe a lot of times he's watching it within his families around and stuff yeah. like that. And it's it's just so very rapey. But like, I, I like I like the movie. It's I mean, it is. It's what it is, yeah, you know? It is but it's, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's a movie that I, I have wanted because it is a movie I liked when I was younger, not for that reason, but because it was a scary fucking movie and it was mm. really well made. And it's, it, but yeah, I was always kind of like on the fence. Well, eh, you know what I mean? If, if, I did, if I wanted to make, subject Zach to it, more so like, you know, his his family and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, that's but, why yeah. Corey, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about though like there's nothing you can that film is that like you wouldn't even want other people around you knowing you're watching it or being in the room when you're watching it that's you could watch like a friday the 13th film a hundred times it's so rewatchable they're like popcorn films and the the exorcist has kind of come back but that the entity has still got that thing about it like yeah. you, know, you like what you were saying there Corey. there is something genuinely terrifying and uncomfortable about that film where you wouldn't want zach to have that on in his house yeah 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 that, so, that's why good. that's that's why when i unboxed chronic masturbator Corey's like no let's save that one for another <laughs> like, what? why okay I'll, we'll, we'll break down the accused how about that? yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh good good pick good pick david i nice. that's, that's a movie that's pretty freaking awesome yeah that's bar fun fact barbara hershey before she got her lip injections so she looks yeah great. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, Zach, what is your number one, my man? My number one is uh, the, a PG pick. My number one is a PG pick. And and it terrified me from TV20's Creature Features Saturdays. Oh, thanks for the trauma, Detroit. Uh, 1977's Shockwaves. And oh, I that's love Shockwaves so a much. A movie I watched for the first time with Zach uh, about five years ago. Yep. Yep. Uh, directed by Ken Wiederhorn, uh, who did Return to Living Dead Part Two. Yep. And it's Peter Cushing, John Carradine, Brooke Adams. Brooke Adams, so hot. In another traumatizing movie, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, um, which was on my trauma list, by the way. Uh, Shockwaves is, you know, they're Nazi zombies. And but but what is terrifying about it is the quietness of the film, uh, the pacing of the film the lack of dialogue overall, which is, I think is a good thing. The dread, the overall sense of dread, the location. Um, it's just so creepy throughout the whole thing. And when it's resolved and it finishes, it doesn't feel like it, it's happy. And I think, again, that's why it's traumatizing. 
Um, it's a terrifying film for me. Every time I watch it, still it, uh, it holds up. It will definitely be a pad movie I'll bring to the table. So uh, I won't say too much about it other than, yeah, it traumatized me as a kid and it still kind of does. So there you go. I feel like as a kid, that cover uh, traumatized me. And I probably even told you that before we watched it. That was one of the reasons I never watched it. Because yeah. I was so scared of that cover. But now I look at it and I adore that cover. It's a beautiful cover with the yeah. zombie sort of picking up the boat and everything. And I love the way they look. And yeah, when we watched it, again, that was my first time. And Zach was probably like, what? Actually, shit, it was probably seven or eight years ago at this point. But uh, so, you know, yeah, I was in my mid-30s when I watched it for the first time. And I thought it was awesome. We both had a great great time uh, uh watching that so yeah dude that's a good fucking movie thanks mm, agreed yeah that is a very good one i saw uh, that that was a film where my reaction when i saw that I, I remember again i get what you're saying it's an uncomfortable atmosphere in that film and it does build tension and i remember watching it and saying out loud oh i want this to fucking end not in the fact that I just want the film to end because it's horrible, yeah. but because the atmosphere. Oh, there's something gross. Is like this is so because it made me feel bad inside. Like this is not good. This is not making me feel happy. So yeah, I, I get why you yeah. that film. I'm definitely. I'm super excited to to discuss that one down the road, Zach. We'll get so, to it. We'll nice. get to it for sure. Nice. All right, guys and, and now, gals. Number one. One one one. <laughs> mine mine's pretty pretty mainstream it's it's a movie i was 11 it's years a movie old. it's a it's not a, it's not a, it's not a made for tv movie <laughs> it's a book called seven winters alone by david yeah. irons that's my number one. Oh man i i saw this uh when i was probably i guess about 11 years old somewhere in there in that range and i don't even what part what part can can I say that traumatized me? Was it the Achilles heel getting sliced? Was it Zelda? Was it the the guy with the fucking head uh, wound? You know, fucking massive head wound, Harry. Like, which part of Pet Cemetery is the reason I never fucking want to watch Pet Cemetery ever again in my a, entire life? A baby getting hit by a car. All of that shit. <laughs> All of that shit, man. Like fucking. I mean, seriously, Zelda terrified the fucking shit out of me never expected that in my entire life achilles heel getting sliced to this day that's i never want that to fucking happen in my life and then like yeah the, then but i for some reason i think the thing that scared me the most besides zelda that scared me the most was when the guy on the operating table the one with the head wound i think he was dead but he kind of comes back to life and starts talking to them. i mean just it was a non-stop assault on my fucking values and my senses. And I just, I couldn't handle it. And to this day, I still say, I mean, I, I will never fucking watch that movie again. I don't want to, it did its job. I remember it and it terrified the fuck out of me. So Pet Cemetery, God damn it. There's, there's one thing in there that you forgot that terrified me in that film. What? Well, there was this boy over the road named Timmy. Tomorrow. <laughs> do you remember do you remember timmy the story about the kid who was brought back first well timmy was in the war see and then he came back they buried oh. him at the pet cemetery yeah. no remember that? The, there was I... the flashback the flashback in there when um herman munster tells about the family who lived over the road <laughs> but not, 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 not rob 
not Rob Zombie's Herman Mumford, but the wow. real one. It's it's funny because so much traumatized me that I completely just blocked this out completely. Yeah, there, there's a story about like there was a kid in the war and yeah. his mum went and buried him in the pet cemetery and he came back and you see them taking this thing, this corpse that's been reanimated, wandering around and trying to treat like a normal person and you see it kind of eating something and it's like pushing food in his mouth and it's spilling and i and i remember seeing that going that is what the fuck would you do if your neighbor like had a corpse living with and i, and I remember that freaking me out and i felt so offended by it i, I remember <laughs> saying like I, i'll just go get a gun and just go around and just fucking shoot him like that I, I, I don't want that living next door to me you can't have a corpse living in the same house as you i'm sorry i'm extremely offended by it but that that part really freaked me out when you, you, you've got this thing and you obviously know and that as, as pet cemetery as a whole but that backstory kind of cemented it for me where you have this thing and you definitely know there's a problem there but you're trying to treat it as something normal no this is fine everything's fine and Timmy's like walking around like chewing the, the heads off the, the family dog and it just like no that, that that's not fine that needs to go you can't have that here so yeah that that I get there's things in pet cemetery that are not well even Stephen King himself wasn't going to release the book because he said he wrote the book and he shelved it for a few years because he said it was the most depressing thing they'd written. And I get that. I, I get why you would, like the stuff with the kids and everything else and the, and the truck and Jesus Christ. That is, it, it's a bleak film. It's a real yeah. bleak film. Yeah, it's one of the most depressing uh, King movies next to Dreamcatcher because that one's just so bad. But, uh, but, <laughs> but for I, a different reason. Yeah, yeah, totally different, different reason. reason. Yeah. Right? I, I saw yeah. I saw Pet Cemetery in the theater with my mom, and I remember being so freaked out by it, and just like feel so unsettled by it. Yeah, just a terrifying movie. I I res- much respect because that is yeah, it's mainstream, but shit, man, it doesn't matter. It still can be horrifying. I can tell you what, I I don't want to get buried in a pet cemetery. Oh, nice. sorry how, how reminds of you to say by, by, by the way fred yeah fred gwynn like you, you know hated hated uh being known as herman munster and I'm like dude that made you 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 got residuals i hope for that but whatever uh but he was great in pet cemetery yeah no he, he was and i never watched the the remake I, my wife huh. did um I, she didn't she was like eh, the first one's infinitely better and i was like okay I, all right i've got a funny story for you guys about this Not, this is only like two weeks ago we were out one day, uh, Roxy and I were out one day and um, we were talking and somehow we talked about Edward Furlong films. And I said, yeah, yeah, well, he did, you know, Terminator 2, Brain uh, Scan and uh, Pet Cemetery 2. And she looked at me, she goes, there was a Pet Cemetery 2. I was like, yeah, you've never seen Pet Cemetery 2? No. And so we went and we actually bought the thing on DVD. And I was like, okay, we're going to spend Sunday afternoon watching Pet Cemetery 2. Awesome. And halfway through it, she turned to me and said, do you know what? I think I like this better than the first one. And like like Corey and his uh, experience with Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, my world collapsed. My mind was blown. Um, <laughs> everything around me melted and reconstructed into a form I didn't understand. Anymore. <laughs> 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 but then by the time we got to the end of Pet Cemetery 2, it was like, yeah, that, that was... Well, well for me, Pet Cemetery 2 also <laughs> traumatized me as well when, when the fat kid died because I was like, oh, the, side, yeah. the sidekick never dies and I was the fat <laughs> sidekick, the funny fat sidekick. So I was like, no, that means I die. And then I did talk about on Summer of 84 that informed me that I kind of was like, oh yeah. no, I think Caleb 
Caleb Emery is going to die because I do think that that was an homage to Pet Cemetery Pet too. too. Was, yeah, yeah, I saw that shit coming. So, Roxy felt the same way. She saw it and she was like, when they because they get hit by the potato truck, don't they? Cross yeah, yeah, and then you just yeah, see his she, hand come out. Yeah, see his hand, and she was like. They killed them. Yeah, you can't. Like, you can't them. kill them. You can't kill them. <laughs> can't do it. So, but this was uh, this was a fantastic, fantastic watch list. Got some great stuff from both of you all that I want to watch. Uh, but I'm going to save some of them for hopefully uh, an inevitable podcasting after dark review episode. Uh, yes. But before we bounce, uh, I got the law. I got the wind. The the leaf blowers coming at me. I know Zach's got to go. Uh, so, David, uh, where can everybody find you? online you can find me on facebook just type in david irons uh, red neon face on there that's me uh, i'm on instagram at david iron writer and on twitter at david iron okay and uh, and i've got a book called seven weeks <laughs> coming out uh, published by podcast enough dog which is on amazon yeah, you right might now. you might have heard about it <laughs> zach you might have heard about it. <laughs> zach two dollar lafey rocking and rolling as usual Rocking and rolling. And I will, all I'll say is we have a big contest in the month of November. So uh, check out our Instagram page for more details on that. Wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge. If, if you follow Podcasting After Dark on Instagram, I hope to God everyone is also following David and $2 Late Fee. So Come we on, always people. have some good stuff going over there. And uh, this was a blast, guys. Uh, I had an absolute blast doing this and the wrap up. So Thank you both so much for, for taking the time out of your day to, to record these. They were so much fun. Uh, again, check out Seven Winters Alone by David Irons. It, it is out right now, and there is a link right in the, uh, the show notes. So if you'd like to pick that up, go for it. It's a great book. And as always, and I'll see you guys, not in the pet cemetery, but on the dark side with Timmy. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal is a joke. <laughs>